Good morning. Welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're very glad you're here. We are a liberal religious community committed to the free search for truth and meaning, committed to spiritual growth, committed to good conversation, committed to acceptance of one another, whether or not you have uh, the same political affiliation that I do, the same skin color that I do, the same gender identification or sexual preference that I do, we strive in our ideal to accept everyone. I would like to extend a special greeting to those who are visiting this morning. If you have questions about this congregation, there are friendly and knowledgeable people at the visitor's table outside those doors who would be happy to answer any question you have. And if you fill out the visitor's card and put it in the offering plate, we will not show up at your door. This year. It is part of our heritage, part of our faith tradition that we believe that the divine is within every person. It is in that spirit that I say, let us greet the holy in our midst as you turn to the person to your right and your left and welcome them here this morning. Let us continue our worship together by lighting the chalice with our unison chalice lighting words. In the light of truth, and the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to find, and to share. Come into the circle of love and justice. Come into the community of mercy, holiness, and health. Come, and you shall know know peace and joy. Please join with me in affirming our mission statement here at the First U of Austin. It's in your order of service, and it's written up on the wall. At First U in Austin, we gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Our centering reading this morning comes from the words of Mariah Mitchell, a 19th century Unitarian astronomer and educator. Small as is our whole system compared with the infinitude of creation, brief as is our life compared with the cycles of time, we are so tethered to all the beautiful dependencies of law that not only the sparrow's fall is felt to the uttermost bound, but the vibrations set in motion by the words that we utter reach through all space, and the tremor is felt through all time. I'm in the middle of a series of sermons on our seven Unitarian Universalist principles, and we're all the way up to number three. 
the third one says that we covenant, which just means promise, we covenant together to affirm and promote acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. So let me start with acceptance of one another. That's UU 101. Acceptance of one another. It's the first thing that people report feeling when they come in the door. They say, I feel accepted and that in itself is so liberating. Much can bloom from a self that has been accepted. We can be all of who we are. We can say the things that we want to say about our theology. No one gets the vapors. Um, We're all right. Y'all know what the vapors are? You have those in Texas. <laughs> so, uh, the acceptance comes with some reciprocity where we're supposed to accept other people, too. It's not the... It'd be so much more fun if our principal just said, everybody is to accept you. You. You don't have to do anything. This congregation not only accepted but celebrated differences on the Capitol steps yesterday afternoon where almost 50 Unitarian Universalists from four different congregations showed up. Uh, Nearly 40 of them were from our congregation and we had a big yellow banner which said standing on the side of love and uh, I was so proud that you all turned out for that and I want you to know that there is a young woman who came up to me after the service and said, your faith community's support of us has restored my faith. You all were living your mission. So, acceptance is you, you... 101, and it's never over. It's not one of those classes that you get to take and then take the test and then it's done. Um, It's a constant challenge because life or God or the karma fairy or whoever is your teacher um, keeps presenting you with people who are just a challenge in a new way. (laughs) Don't you find? And I think um, if you're like me, you're pretty good at accepting groups of people, you know, those people over there. Uh, I can pretty much accept those people theoretically. Um, And yet, it's individuals that give us the problem. It's not big categories of people. It's just individuals. And some individuals are easier to accept than others. Again, we're not going to Hitler, not going there this morning. We just, we're talking about within our congregation and within our normal work lives, um, some people are easier to accept than others. And one good way to accept others' differences is just to ignore them and pretend they're not there and be sweet and keep everything on a superficial level. Um, I'm not saying that's bad. 
I'm saying that's one way that works. And another way that works is to actually engage with the person, to actually be curious about the person if you have energy. You know, if you have energy that day, if you haven't just worked a 12-hour shift and your feet don't hurt, then you can have energy to be curious about this person who is so um, completely kind of alien in the way that they see things or do things, and you might be able to ask questions which is a spiritual discipline all in itself. Just asking questions. The second part of the principle, that's all I'm going to say about that today, but since it's UU 101, we're going to come back to it over and over again. The second part of the principle is encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations. Okay. I want to tell you a couple of things about the word spiritual that you already know. The word spiritual comes from the base spirare, to breathe. Spiritus, the noun that most recently has given us spirit and spiritual, means a breathing, the breath of life. Spiritus, the breath of life. So my definition of spiritual growth, which, because we're Unitarian Universalist, has absolutely no bearing on what your definition of spiritual growth has to be. My definition of spiritual growth comes from a Christian scripture verse that I had to memorize as a child, which was a list of the fruits of the Spirit. And so I feel like it's as good a list as any, and I can add to it if I want to. You can add to it if you want to. And if these things, the fruits, are growing in you, then I feel like your spirit's in pretty good shape. It's getting fed, it's getting watered, it's getting nourished. And if those things in you are not growing, then your spirit needs a little attention. And those things are uh, love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I keep trying to leave that last one out. Um, But there you go. It's in there. So if these things are growing, then your spirit is good. If these things aren't growing, your spirit needs attention. Um, And given the etymology of the word, I think that you could even say that whatever is spiritual is what helps you breathe better. You know how sometimes uh, there's more air in the room and sometimes something seems to suck all the air out of the room? Have you had that experience? Yeah. Well, whatever helps you breathe better, that's your spirit, if we believe the etymology of this word. So I want to talk to you about some ways of growing those fruits of the spirit by using the congregation. Because you're here a couple hours a week. And um, you don't have to live with these people, so it's uh, easier to use them as a way of growing spiritually than it is to use your family, which is like, that's UU 701, grad school, (laughs) which you are thrown into as you're born with absolutely no preparation. It's really not fair. So people talk about growth in church all the time, talk about church growth, and a lot of people mean more people coming in the doors, and of course, that's interesting to me. I I want us to be as hospitable to as many people in Austin as need this church, but I also want you to know that church growth, the kind of church growth that I'm even more interested in, is the, the spiritual growth, the heart growth, the soul growth of people who are here today. That's another kind of church growth. Growth 
in spirit, growth in engagement, growth in generosity with time and with talent here and elsewhere in life, growth in wisdom, growth in enjoyment of life. I think being a spiritual person in a way makes you a spirited person, and I think that that has to do with enjoyment of life, and that if we can figure out how to enjoy our lives more, we are adding to the good in the world as well as addressing the suffering of the world. See what I'm saying? Y'all look a little stunned. Is it the early morning? Okay, so one way to grow within a congregation is to stretch yourself to say good and blessing things to people. Good and blessing things. Blessing doesn't have to be formal and spiritual, scriptural sounding. It, it doesn't have to be in that spiritual voice that we all know, you know, people, hey, I feel somehow that if it's whispery, it's more spiritual. I don't know why that is. And the eyes are open really wide and they don't blink. So if you go bless someone like that, they're probably going to turn and run. But just, you know, like a regular person saying a blessing thing to someone else is like, I'm sorry for your loss, or I really enjoy hearing you sing behind me during the hymns makes me happy, or love the way you laugh. Um, Those are blessing things that you can say to someone, and that's a way to grow here. Another way to grow is stretching yourself to serve people you don't know. Again, a lot of us come into a congregation and we want our needs met. We have needs and we need them met, and they should be. Um, And yet we forget the other half of it, which is, Here are all these people you don't know that might need something from you. And are you willing to stretch yourself to serve someone, to listen to someone, or make sack lunches for the homeless working poor, which we do every Monday, build houses for a low-income family, serving meals at a soup kitchen, lobbying legislators for changes that will make those problems that we try to address less severe, So we stretch ourselves to serve people we don't know. And we serve them by blessing them or by helping them or by having respectful conversation or by teaching their children or by playing music for them or by singing for them or by inviting them to take another step into engagement with this faith community. A spirit also deepens and grows when you practice gratitude. Now, I'm going to preach whole sermons on gratitude probably later on because it's my spiritual practice of choice because, number one, it's easy, and number two, it's cheap. And I have enough Scottish blood so that that means something to me. So gratitude, uh, just to find something to be thankful for every day in your life and um, to be thankful to other people who are around you and say thank you for what you're doing. You know, I do a lot of trainings for other churches and other ministers, and um, sometimes I'll say to groups of people, um, how many of you volunteer in your church? And they'll 
raise their hands and I say, don't you just love all the little notes of gratitude that you get? Don't you love all the little letters that say thank you that you get and the offers of, um, you know, meals and foot rubs and things and people just um, so grateful to you for being, you know, president of your congregation or um, running the stewardship camp. I see her laughing because you've done this before. That's what they do too. They're just all laughing because as the Japanese proverb says, the nail that sticks up will be hammered down. <laughs> I would love for this church to be the kind of church where people would say, yeah, I get, I get little thank you notes, emails all the time. Thank you for what you're doing. It'd be awesome. All right, so you grow spiritually from gratitude. You also grow spiritually, and this is a tough one for me. I don't know if it will be for you or not. You grow spiritually by giving when you don't have that much stored up. One writer named Victor Parachin puts it this way. Be a stream, not a swamp. Remember, it is the mountain stream that carries fresh, life-giving water because it flows out. However, the swamp is stagnant. A swamp collects and retains water that comes its way. Don't be the kind of person who seeks to accumulate much before allowing a little to flow through. Don't accumulate much before allowing a little to flow through. I like feeling secure. And a little flowing through makes me feel more secure than a lot flowing through. And yet all the spiritual teachers say, if you're by the side of a stream and you hang onto the bank, you're going to get torn to pieces. Just let go and get in the middle of the stream. They actually, not the spiritual teachers, but the uh, kayaking teachers say, point your feet downstream and just go, which I have done before. It's no fun. But that's another sermon, too. If you own things that you don't use, clothes, furniture, houses, if you own things that you don't use, it is the opinion of the spiritual teachers that those things do not belong to you. They belong to someone else, and you need to let them go and get to the people to whom they belong. It is good to clear out and let go. We're in the middle of our stewardship season, and I'm not only going to talk about money during stewardship season, I'm going to talk about money now and then. So um, that's, that's a, a good thing. That's our story, and I'm sticking to it. So, and I want you visitors to close your ears now, because giving is a right and a privilege of membership. So you members, stewardship season is a blessed time in a way. Because we have to look at our money situation and we have to ask what is enough? What is enough to keep and what is enough to give away? And what is enough to give to my congregation? What is enough? And this congregation has to look as we make the budget and say, what is enough for us to keep going? What is enough for us to relax? What is enough for us not to relax, to bite our fingernails and go on into the next year? What is enough? That is a very spiritual question. What is enough? And we don't want to be a little kid congregation where we expect the mommies and the daddies to take care of everything. We want to be a grown-up congregation. 
It's harder, but it feels better. And a grown-up congregation, every little family, every little person does their fair share. It's so much healthier for a congregation when many, many people are doing their fair share than when some people are doing more. I know, now you're going to say, she's stopped preaching and gone to meddling. And I want you to look at the list of the people who've pledged in your bulletin and know that we're very grateful to each and every one of them, to each and every one of you, to each and every one of us, because there really isn't any them in a church. So think about enough, think about gratitude, think about being a blessing. Think about being a stream and not a swamp. So I want to speak just for a brief moment about the stewardship drive. For those of you that are visiting, you're just checking us out, or you're not decided yet, we're not asking for your pledge right at the moment, we'll take it. But we are not asking or expecting you to pledge. This stewardship moment is for the membership. My wife and I have been coming to this church for five years now. When we first started coming, we knew that this was a spiritual home for us, and so we became members within the first six months. And we saw that it shared our values and aspirations. Unlike some politicians, we don't think that Texas is yet perfected. We think that there is some work to do, and that this church is a community that is dedicated to furthering the justice that needs to be done. If you don't know, this church is 60 years old now, and it has been involved in the fight for racial equality, gender equality, economic justice, and more for those decades. My wife and I are so thankful to the generations of this church who have come before us. They have bought this land built this building, organized, publicized, campaigned, provided shelter, along the way probably got their name in an FBI file. My wife and I are so proud of the work that has been done, and we too are dedicated to the work that's still ahead of this church. This church was not built and does not run on spare change and the unbudgeted leftovers at the end of the month. I know that people have made real sacrifices in time, talent, and treasure to build this church and to do the important work. And it will always need these things to live out its mission. There's no 401k accumulating here. We will never reach a retirement phase where we can live out our mission on our annuity. What we raise each year, we spend to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Valerie and I are thankful that we can now help to continue that legacy. Um, a few years ago, we made a plan to gradually increase our donations to the church until we were at 5% of our income. It took a couple of years, but we're happy to be there now. And we're quite aware of the other things that we could be doing with that money. But when we look at the transformation the church is making in the life of our family and in the broader community, we are convinced that this is one of the few sound investments available right now for our money, although I hear gold is pretty good too. 
To all those who have already pledged, I say thank you. And to those who are still waiting, we have operators standing by in the gallery. <laughs> Blessings on you and your generosity for the support of our stewardship campaign this year. We come here in order to see one another's faces. We come here in order to be blessed. We come here in order to be able to go out into the world and be a blessing. And so, remember the way of the wind and breathe and blow. Remember the way of the fire and sparkle and glitter and glow. Remember the way of the water and ebb and flow. Remember the way of the earth and grow. Go in peace. This is a presentation of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, visit our website at www.austinuu.org.